Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. I hope that this episode finds you well. For today, we are switching up the format just a little bit. Our topic today is a little bit about the automotive industry, but it is mainly about the next generation. GFK recently concluded this year's annual Next Gen Hackathon competition. This is a competition that gives undergraduates a chance to develop products and marketing plans using real world data that we hand them from our very own database. This year's competition stayed on the theme of electric vehicles and hybrids. So along with the data, they had the guidelines that this product or service needed to be within the automotive industry, looking at those types of innovations. Starting off the episode is Natalie Sneed, Research Manager and Regional Strategy Manager at Kia Motors. We have a quick five-minute conversation with her about her experience as a judge and a little bit about Kia and their push towards a greener world through their automobiles. Following that, we're going to get into it with the students, two of the student winners. The first is Jillian Munoz. She was the team leader for Cal Poly Pomona and Patrick Ogas, which is one of the team members also from Cal Poly Pomona. Joining them is another one of the panel judges, Sharon Kondo, practice lead strategic analytics from Team One Advertising. She was there to give a little input with the students and really discuss some of the really great ideas and the way that they pulled data together. I don't want to give anything away of what their presentation actually was about. I will tell you the title, Ion Upcycle. So keep that in mind and they'll explain it a little bit more. But before that, let's get into our quick little conversation with Natalie. Natalie, welcome to the Thinking Ahead podcast. How are you doing? Hello, Hannah. I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me here today. Yeah. The reason you are here, of course, is that you were recently one of the panel judges for GFK's Next Gen competition, where you saw a total of 15 presentations, I believe, uh, from undergraduate students from around the world. Um, and there was one team that came out as the winner, which was from Cal Poly Pomona. What surprised you most about the presentation overall? Yeah, I was very impressed with Ion Upcycle because of the whole idea of recycling the batteries uh, that have been uh, used already in um, a green, you know, technology. Uh, so I just thought it was very practical, forward thinking, and the use of the data uh, to come up with this idea was to me, you know, really, really awesome. The whole basis of the competition is essentially that you give students real life data and they're taking things like the ion upcycle project, which we will hear more about very shortly from the students themselves. Um, So they take the real data and they put it into a theoretical product or service. Do you think that this product or maybe some of the other ones that you heard about uh, might actually be viable in the real world? Well, I think overall, that was the thing that most impressed me about the entries in the competition. Most of them were very practical and real world. This one, however, stood out because the application would 
be very beneficial to the environment. Um, myself, having driven green vehicles for quite some time now, I drove uh, the LEAF. That was my vehicle for a few years after when it was first launched. So when they began talking about how they can take these batteries, though, that uh, from green vehicles already and reuse them, it just really um, it struck a real nerve with me on, on a positive note. And I would love to see this uh, technology uh, move forward. Yeah. How important do you think that EVs are to the auto marketplace and to Kia itself today? Well, we are involved in making our, our company become one of the greenest companies on the planet. That's part of our goals uh, going forward. So I think it was really uh, something that would align with um, Kia's um, uh, uh, projects and um, you know future goals. What about the data science and analytics portion of the competition itself? How important do you think that is to researchers and marketers? And how essential is it for undergraduates or young people to hone that kind of a skill when they go into the marketplace or try to find a job? This team had the best use of data analytics. Uh, you have to understand data analytics to move forward in this industry. Um, it, it, it is fueled by data analytics. And so I would say that they should continue on that path of uh, getting as much exposure as they can to um, data, how we use it and how it's changing because it changes rapidly. So they're on a great path. Uh, again, the way that GFK uh, focused this uh, project on using the data uh, is just wonderful for their careers going forward. Were there any pieces of data that they showed you during the presentation that was one of the reasons that you thought this is a winner when they took the data and then they presented the idea? Well, when they talked about motivations and unmet needs, I think that was very, very strong uh, because there is an unmet need to um, continue to recycle um, products uh, to uh, move forward the green technology. So that consumer uh, knowledge of knowing how people feel about hybrids, um, electric vehicles, seeing that it's growing and it has grown quite a bit it's going it's moving toward the norms so that data understanding um, consumer attitudes is really strong and i think that is uh, again an area that i thought uh, they did a very good job um, expressing um, and uh, came across really well that connection between understanding consumer needs and the uh, uh, product that they uh, developed, a technology that they developed, it really um, aligned very well. Yeah. Along with the students, each team also had faculty mentors that played a big role for them um, in order to get them to that finish line where they had just data and then into a project. What about you? Do you remember any professors or other mentors that inspired you early in your career? Absolutely. Growing up in Detroit, I attended a college that was a Detroit College of Business, and most of my mentors were in the automotive industry. So, um, and and my professors as well from that school. So it was a very small college, but if it had not been for the um, uh, professors who are also involved in the automotive industry, I probably would not be in the industry right now. And so that uh, coupled with um, learning, kind of. Uh, 
on a real world sense about the automotive industry. It really um, helped me, supported me, and kind of guided me on my way. So I think choosing your mentors are very important. Uh, any um, individual who's, you know, um, interested in you um, and wants to see you develop is great. But when you have something in common with your mentor, uh, that is even better. So I would encourage students to to uh, find mentors who are in the field of study that they are interested in. That is helpful. And I would encourage them to have more than one mentor if possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Let's say for your last question, you're a mentor right now to me and all of the listeners and the students who are going to be on the podcast shortly. As someone who is currently in the world, has had mentors and has created a successful career, what is your best professional advice that you can give us as we all move forward in our careers? I would uh, advise um, to always uh, stay open uh, to criticism, I would say ask for um, positive, you know, as well as um, very directional type feedback. You want to uh, give your mentor the ability um, and the permission to be critical uh, of you. I would uh, ask for it uh, because that will really help to shape you uh, and under get, get, getting those um uh, let's see, that strong feedback is 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 always um, helpful in kind of shaping you and preparing you for what the real world is really like. Yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of times people are scared of cri- criticism, but constructive criticism can, somebody, can be the best advice you can get sometimes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on for just a quick little conversation about this year's competition with me. I will let you go. Uh, For everyone else, stay tuned. Coming up, we will hear a little bit more from one of our other panel judges, along with two of the students themselves from the winning team, and a little bit more about their presentation, Ion Upcycle. Thanks again, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to uh, being involved next year as well. Joining me now is two of the team members of this year's NextGen competition winners. I have Jillian Munoz and Patrick Ogas. Jillian and Patrick are undergraduate students at Cal Poly Pomona in the College of Administration. Welcome, you two. Hello. Hello. What are you guys' current year in uh, Cal Poly and what are your guys' majors? I'm Patrick. Um, I am a senior a business student specifically in computer information systems, and then a minor in marketing. Um, And so I'm senior and ready to graduate in about the next month. Wow, exciting. What about you, Jillian? Uh, So my major is actually psychology, which is separate from the College of Business Administration. And my minor is marketing management. And I'm a fourth year student, but I will be graduating at the end of spring 22. Along with our students, we also have one of the panel judges with us. We have Sharon Kondo. She is practice lead strategic analytics at Team One Advertising. That is an advertising, digital, and media agency. They work with a variety of brands, including the Ritz-Carlton, Expedia, Lexus, you name it. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And how long have you worked in the advertising field now? I've been in the advertising field for about 25 years or so. So we have an expert on the on the podcast. I love that. 
Well, let's get into the Next Gen competition and talk a little bit about both the topic of the competi- competition and the project itself. So for anyone who's listening who has not uh, heard about the competition before, basically as a project, students are given real data from GFK and they have to use that and other sources available to them to create a product or service specifically pertaining this time to EVs and hybrids in the automotive industry, which is a sector that is currently rising in popularity. I'd love to go down the line and get just your first off the bat impressions of the competition, both as presenters and as a judge for you, Sharon. Uh, Jillian, do you want to start us off? Sure. So uh, I had actually also participated in this hackathon last year, and the team I was a part of won second place. So this year I was like, okay, I got to one-up myself from last year. I need to, you know, reach for the top. So the, the most important thing was the experience, not necessarily winning or the prize. It was the experience of not only working with uh, fellow students that are similar to me and have similar interests, but also uh, using this uh, like leadership experience since I was team captain and also just event to bond with them and also just learn what a possible career in insights and research might look like in the future. That's great. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, so like Jillian, um, I had competed last year. Um, And so last year when competing, the idea was just to kind of get an experiential learning out of it because a lot of our students um, at our school, it's all about, you know, hands on. And so this competition provided us with the nature of what, um, you know, you'll see in industry where you will get, you know, a data set and then you have to make an insight and then present about that. And so wanting to get practice, I did it last year and then... um, being a finalist last year kind of um, pumped me up for trying again this year. And so um, when Jillian asked when she was forming a team, if I join, I was totally on board. I love that. Now I can see how you guys won because you clearly came in with a serious drive for it. Sharon, what about you as a judge? What were your first impressions being on the panel this year? Oh, it was great. I thought um, I thought it was really inspiring to see all of this great thinking coming from you know, the next generation of, um, you know, automotive researchers and um, automotive insights. I thought their presentation was excellent. You could really see the work that was put into it in diving into all of the data that was available. And you could see the really the tie from the data to their thinking to the idea that they put out there. So I thought it was brilliant. You know, it was so much fun to see all of these new ideas coming from um, the researchers of tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything that really surprised you most about the competition or about the presentations that maybe you just weren't expecting or that just really made you go, wow? I mean, I think it's always really surprising to see the level of thinking coming out of these. And I know with this was um, challenging, too, because of the the short time frame that you had to present your ideas and that you could really... Um, get across the depth of your thinking in such a short time and so I really appreciated that too and um, just the context too that you brought in from the real world and the needs that you saw that you see being there. Patrick and Jillian what were the biggest challenges you felt in terms of creating the project or working with the data? When we were trying to decide on 
what to focus on since we only had five minutes and we had thought of so many ideas and had um, so much supporting evidence and data for each of those ideas. Just picking one was very difficult because uh, we all had our stakes in whatever ideas we had pitched to our, our own group. And basically, after just a lot of discussion, we just had to bite the bullet, choose something, believe in it, and use the data to support it. So thankfully, I think that worked out. Yeah, I think for me, the the biggest thing would, I'd have to echo the, the point of um, having to narrow down an idea is, is a challenge. I think um, there's so many different ways because there was so much data that was given. It was, um, what is a consistent theme that it's telling us? And so, um, it was really interesting how we kind of set up this process of, you know, whenever we kind of got to a crossroads of, okay, like which direction should we go? Um, you know, there's a little bit of instinct in there as well, but then it was like, okay, so what's the data telling us and how do we make a decision? And so that was certainly a challenge that, um, wasn't uh, something I was as familiar with, with uh, being in school and, and, you know, collegiate projects generally being, you know, a very specific goal in mind. Uh, this one was kind of reverse of that. And so that was definitely a challenge. And I think also getting it into five minutes was certainly something that took time for us to understand how do we present um, not only the problem that the data is showing us, but how do we present a solution and how do we um, get our points across in a way that's concise, but also addresses any points of concern. You guys sound like research analysts already. So I love to hear that. I really wanna take a lot of time here and talk about the presentation itself. So your team's presentation, you were a, a group, so it wasn't just the two of you, but you had the project that you presented, which was called Ion Upcycle. Can you give a quick summary of the project? Ion upcycle, basically the goal of this is not just to recycle lithium ion batteries from EVs and hybrids, because recycling basically means burning it down to its bare essentials in, you know, raw materials and using what you can to uh, prevent that from getting in a landfill. But that process is also very expensive and has its own environmental risks. So ion upcycle is kind of like a proposal where if an EV battery, when it's out of its service use for a fully EV car, uh, it still usually has about 80% of its capacity. And if we just store these batteries until we think of an idea uh, to reuse them or how to safely dispose of them, they degrade much faster than if they're being constantly reused and charged. So our proposal was to accept these uh, no longer useful for EV lithium ion batteries and repurpose them for either charging stations um, that might be installed uh, in the public since charging infrastructure is definitely a big uh, barrier to entry for this kind of um, product. But our presentation focused on reusing those batteries for smaller a plug-in hybrid or hybrid vehicle batteries. My first thought there is, yay, sustainability. But (laughs) Sharon, as a judge, I'm curious, what really stood out to you at first when you saw the presentation when they presented it? 
Well, that's kind of one thing that stood out to me too. I felt like, yay, sustainability, because that's a real challenge facing the industry and really just facing the earth. And so I really appreciated that, um, you know, out of all of the different topics you could have chosen, you chose, um, you know, one like this that was about sustainability. You know, it was a topic that wasn't necessarily the most exciting, but actually something that is truly a need for the marketplace and for the earth. And, you know, I would love to see it become a reality. Yeah, you found a niche and a great one. What were some of the most significant facts that you uncovered when you were sifting through all that data, as you guys talked about earlier, that really made you think of this idea in the first place? Going through GFK's data, for example, there were a common theme of uh, people that are in the millennial age group being extremely passionate about sustainability, which is uh, great. We see it uh, personally on our social media from um, friends and colleagues about how they want to live a sustainable life. But then when we decided to look through the data more and see uh, what were their purchase intentions and um, what would help them the most with purchasing green technology, and we found the number one concern for them happened to be price and that um, for practical reasons or for financial reasons, many of them will go with the status quo of, of you know, a um, not so clean vehicle because of its financial um, burden on students and uh, college uh, age people or millennials, even young millennials and Gen X um, so there's just a very vast wide of, uh, of, of market that is passionate but can't afford necessarily to, uh, to purchase that technology. And so uh, there was also a concern about range uh, in that market, which was interesting. And so we saw that, you know, many of the people in that age group wanted a vehicle that could drive more than, you know, 30 or 40 miles to, um, to work or back because many of these people still want to take road trips and things like that. And it's mostly going to be their only car uh, when you're in that financial position as well. So it's not like there's alternatives. So we had to find one that addressed those issues as well. And I think that's what was so fascinating is how we decided to to pick the product based off of that target market and, and their needs and what they were telling us and the data uh, that they wanted. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Now I have to ask you, Sharon, were some of the facts that Patrick just mentioned ones that you picked out when you were watching the project and thinking, yes, that makes sense. Yes, I see why they thought that. Or were you picking out other facts that they added in there that maybe he didn't just mention? Um, no, absolutely. I think it was all of those facts and really like how they were able to, you know, weave that all together to a cohesive story. And, you know, you could tell that um, the information was personally relevant, but also highly um, applicable and relevant to what's happening with the industry today. So it was really impressive. Yeah, it definitely is really relevant. I, I think the subject in itself, EVs, was a really cool one that as students you guys got to work with because it is something that is a really big topic right now. I would love to know why you think that electric vehicles are so important. Yeah, I think um, electric vehicles are our future. I think without a doubt, they're gonna be our future. But um, it's gonna be a little while before we can transition people from that current you know, status quo technology of you know, gassing up your car to uh, electricity. 
And so um, being able to understand where things are going and understanding, you know, it's like a bridge, you know, there's a valley in between right now, you know, there's, we see where we're going to go, but we need something to bridge us. And I think that's where we were like, how can we bridge that gap for people and make that green technology uh, more simple to, to adopt? Because I think uh, the biggest thing that we want is we don't want to force, you know, green technology down a consumer's uh, throat. I don't think that uh, many companies that are innovating green cars have that mindset of they're going to have to force these people to do it. They want to entice people. It makes the marketer's job a lot much easier. And so we wanted to find that technology that would market itself in a sense in that it so clearly bridged the gap. We focused on hybrid cars where, you know, EV... um Electric vehicles definitely are our future. We we live in California, so here in 2030, I don't believe they can sell cars anymore that run on gas. So that is, you know, nine years away. And um, so people have to start thinking about that now, like I'm going to have to switch. So for the average person, I think it's important to make this technology more accessible. But since so many people are hesitant for price reasons, or range anxiety. Uh, I feel like plug-in hybrid cars are a very legitimate way to go. And so I, I thought it was important to not focus on the biggest, brightest, shiniest, uh, futuristic technology, but something we can actually implement to encourage everyone to take up the behavior of using electric cars. Yeah, I just think that's really smart. And um, what um, Patrick said about bridging the gap, too, is really true. Just because electric vehicles are sexy and look like a perfect solution at the surface, we know that there is a lot of waste and maybe some less sustainable practices that go into it. This solution really helps to try and mitigate some of that. I'm actually really happy I had the chance to spend some additional time with you and hearing more about your thinking and more about um, what kind of went into the presentation because now I'm even more impressed and I feel like the judges really made the right decision in choosing your choosing your idea. So, Sharon, what kind of questions do you think that both the auto industry and the marketers need to answer in order to keep innovating and to keep enticing people uh, as the student said, um, but also making it truly affordable and to continue to evolve, because of course there's probably ideas out there that we haven't even thought of yet. I mean, I think it's all about continuing to understand what the real needs of humans are and what the real needs of society are, especially the younger generation. Really using the technology that we have now to evolve away and do what's best for both society and and the earth, as well as for mm. business. How do you think that the job you have right now, how do you think it would look different in 10 years? I think that if Jillian and Patrick are in it, it's going to be great. And we've come a long way from cars being machinery and from cars being about features and benefits. Um, you know, we're talking more about technology and we're talking about transportation, which doesn't have to be a car anymore. Our, our view will be much broader than it is today in terms of um, what, what our business is and what the competition is and, 
you know, the data that we'll be, we will be using to, human insight's gonna still be at the core of it all. Um, we still wanna understand people and their needs and how we can serve them, but how we get to that insight is gonna continue to evolve. How important do you think that data science and analytics skills are for marketers and researchers? Like someone coming up like Jillian or Patrick or just for yourself? So I've been in this business for many years like we talked about and over that time have really seen um, the evolution of data. In the beginning, it was self-reported survey data that we worked with. And today, you know, it comes from many sources, still from survey data, but also from what they do when they're online, what they do when they come to your website, what people search for, and then data also coming from the vehicles themselves. So there's so many ways to understand people's behavior. There's so much potential to um, really mine into that data to find um, insight and inspiration for what we can what we can do next. And I want to throw that question back to you, Jillian and Patrick. Uh, how has your perception of these types of skills, now that you've been in data like a research analyst do every day, what's your perceptions? How important do you think it's going to be for your future? It's incredibly important. And thankfully, thanks to Cal Poly Pomona and the, and the center that we work at, it's already been introduced to us. While we might not have the... Um, technical skills and like we're working on those definitely using R or just different uh, methods of using Excel past just spreadsheets. I hope other schools are also just planting the seeds for this kind of skill set because I think almost every uh, industry and field of study could benefit from this. Being a student that focuses on the data a lot, we have a lot of data, but we don't know exactly how to make that useful to us yet. And so I see that, you know, market research where it was traditional, you could, you know, have self-report and have people, you know, ask people exactly how they felt about a product. Now we can observe them. And from someone that's a little bit introverted, I do like, sometimes I go and I just like sit at a park and I just start observing people. And I think that that kind of carries over into uh, you know, data analytics and uh, companies as they want to meet their consumer in a way that might not be self-reported, but in a way that's still meaningful and powerful. And with all this data that's been collected, um, I think there's just so much value for almost any company to figure out a new product or a new service that really um, creates an innovative brand um, or uh, just a a reputation for innovation um, and seeing what is currently unmet. Yeah, absolutely. Do you two think that this experience with the Next Gen Competition has inspired any possible career moves once you graduate from college? The more I get into like the, the marketing aspect of it, it really opens up that there's different avenues that can take these skills that are going to be universally needed. But I think there are uh, that this one is a little bit more human than some of the other data science that I've done in the past. So it's definitely making me consider more about how do I do more consumer research, which I find personally more interesting. I think this is probably the most hands-on or the closest to a career experience I, I might get in this, in, in data science. Of course, I'll keep looking for opportunities, but it, it has changed 
my plans for the future a little bit because I have been on the fence about uh, graduate school. Once I graduate, do I do a psychology program or a business program? I, I feel like I am more strongly leaning towards business programs because I see uh, firms and agencies like, like the ones that participate in this competition or hosted it or organized it. And I'm thinking like, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, you guys definitely have bright futures. You're clearly very smart. Uh, I saw your guys' presentation and it was it was amazing. I would love to close this off with a question to you, Sharon. So as Jillian and Patrick and their team and their peers uh, go off into the professional world, what is your best advice that you can give them? Wow. Well, you all are so impressive. I may need to take advice from you instead of give you advice. But I mean, I think the one one of the things that stood out to me about what you what you did was you not just um, you didn't just bring in a load of data, but you also you turned that into insight. You made it look easy, but that's not always an easy thing, and it doesn't always come naturally to people. So um, I would say keep doing what you're doing, and um, I might be contacting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Sharon, that sometimes some of the most simple and easiest looking projects or ideas come from a very complex process to make it that simple. Well, I want to thank all three of you so much for being here today. Virtually, I wish that we could have been in person, uh, but I want to congratulate you, Patrick and Jillian, for winning the competition this year. So well done. And thank you, Sharon, so much for coming onto the panel and the podcast to help uh, judge all of the presentations. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Uh, it was a joy. It really is meaningful that this competition continues, not just after they announced the winners. So it means a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.